welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And man, it has been an eventful two weeks. I mean, Christmas, if you celebrate that, New Year's. And we thought New Year's would be a really happy celebration of a year gone by because by all accounts, 2020 was just an absolute shit show. And so we're glad to have started 2021, at least on a decent note, but obviously things never go according to what you want them to, because obviously there's just something going on with American politics. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, as always, I'm Jared Castillo and I'm joined by I'm Daniel Huen, but I also want to make myself very clear. Never take your civil liberties for granted. Never take your democracy for granted. Never take your political voice for political voice for granted. Those so-called protesters today were not protesters. They were simply terrorists. Donald Trump may be gone in a couple days, but at the end of the day, fascist thinking remains. So joining us as well. Facts. Uh, I'm glad to be back, guys. It's the Shoot and Bricks podcast. You already know. If you don't know by now, it's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sells. And of course, wait a minute. There's something new going on this episode. What's going on? Who, who, who we got in the house tonight? Yeah, we got someone from up north. Uh, guys, Skylar Treppel, and I'll make the announcement myself. I've been lucky enough to be invited to be part of the Shooting Bricks podcast on a regular basis. Thank you. Uh, the guys are giving me a round of applause. You can't see, but this is beautiful. Uh, I'm so, so honored to be here. What a special group. Uh, what You guys are, you know, great friends, even though we haven't gotten to meet yet due to Zoom. You guys are great people. And on that note, I am so excited for the year ahead with these guys. But we got to start off with reality for a second. And that's part of the beauty of this podcast for me is that we all come from different backgrounds. Uh, we're all of different ethnicities. And I want to make very clear uh, that I always stand for diversity, for equality, and against anyone who doesn't. You know, I stand with the Black community and the pain that they face today that I can't imagine over this double standard. And uh, prayers up as we move forward and, and make real change uh, with, with changes coming up here. I hope today can be a turning point and something we look back on as how bad things were but that things will improve in the future. So prayers up to everyone who's feeling some pain today and good vibes all the way. Yeah. And it's important to bring this kind of, this kind of issue up because reality does start to sink in, right? Because we're just a couple of dudes talking about basketball for an hour, which is fantastic. I love doing this, but at the same time, you can't ignore the fact that there's so much going on outside of basketball. Like, Daniel touched on it. There were terrorists that stormed the Capitol building in the name of Donald Trump. Traitors. First, Traitors. Exactly. And to be quite frank, fuck Donald Trump, fuck everyone who stands with him, and fuck those terrorists that decided that, you know what, we're not going to sit down and accept this fair election, and we're going to try and upend democracy. Fuck those people. Fuck you all. It just it doesn't make sense why they want to do this. What do they stand to gain from this, right? It's just one of those things that be be a gracious loser, even though this this deity that you look up to or whatever the fuck you want to call him is such a baby. Like you are making a mockery of Americans all over the world, specifically that small group of people. And now it's going to tarnish Americans' names. I mean, that's why we ha- we can't lose focus at the end of the day because yeah, he's gone, 
but the mentality is still there. Um, honestly, what happened today was terrifying because you, you know, you know, that type of mentality, those type of protesters, that's why some in some countries coup d'etats happen because people lose focus. They, they don't pay attention to those type of people. And that's how those people, you know, get away with the, what, what they want to do in the first place. And that's to create an authoritarian state. I mean, is it fair to call this a failed coup attempt? Because at yeah, the end it, of the it, day, what, what we saw today was basically a coup attempt. It basically was. And, you know, I'd really like to say it's it's just it's not about even though we're talking about politicians and Capitol Hill, it's not about politics. It's about human rights. It's about treating each other well. It's about accepting and embracing our differences at the end of the day. And that has nothing to do with politics. That's just part of being a human being in this world we live in. Yeah, absolutely. And G, you're looking kind of perplexed there. What's uh, what's going through your mind? Uh, to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of stared away from all of this today. Like, my mom came to me, was like, you know what happened? And like, how you feel about that or not? So I'm not going to speak upon it. Like, I know exactly what happened. But just hearing from what you guys said and reading it on our, our doc that we got here, um, it's just bringing to my mind, like, it's crazy to think that the ideology that we place on different diverse people in this country is like so negative, like a negative stigma, all of the stereotypes you could think of. And it's like the people that, that are in embracing that, that stereotype, those ideologies behave in that manner. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what happened today. And wow. just to piggyback on it, the double standard, like you said, like it's, it's, I don't like to dive into it and think of it because like you said, if you put yourself if you put yourself in those in those shoes, like if I was out there, if somebody that wasn't white was out there, <laughs> yeah, would have been dead. And it is it's tough because like you could go out there and do all of this wild stuff, causing destruction and harm to the community, to to the to the to the culture of what we're what we're trying to establish. And I could go outside and go jog and get shot because you wanted to protect something and you wanted to protect your mind because in your mind you see me as a threat, but people that are over here causing harm <laughs> aren't seen as a threat because of the color of their skin. And that's, that's really wild to think about. It's actually really interesting. You bring that up because when doc rivers was asked that, uh, I think a few moments before their game, he said, quote, can you imagine today if those were all black people storming the Capitol and what would have happened? You would that's see a lot of police brutality. That's the truth. And right. you would have seen the media spin it as something just ridiculously horrible. Even even if just, just look, okay, I'm gonna relate it back to sports as well. Uh, the the Chargers head coach is an African American male. He got fired. They didn't part ways. He got fired. So it's just how the media spins it, and it's 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 dated back to the dawn of early media, early two thousand, early twentieth century, with all of these these shows depicting black people as uh, watermelon, big lipped people. You know what I'm saying? And 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 Look, I don't I, I've been on social media a lot today and I didn't see a lot of this. <laughs> so either I'm following the wrong people or the media outlets is covering it up. And that's oh, I think that, call it how it is. It's a terrorist attack. It, that's exactly what yeah, it was. I was. Exactly. I was watching CNN and I'll get to Doc Rivers quote. I'll finish that in a second. But CNN was calling these people terrorists because that's what they are. They and are. they were they were making the comparison of how they were they were kind of confused as to how few arrests were made because they were mind boggling. They were comparing the black lives matter movement last summer to this. 
And there was noticeably more police presence then than there was now. And these are people that, like you guys are saying, these are terrorists because they're inciting terror and they're destroying property. And yet at one point, I even saw police officers were taking selfies and letting those people through without actually trying to stop them. And that just kind of calls to mind how how much work still needs to be done, especially by the police, right? Because people are saying, oh, you know, blue lives matter, this thing, that thing. Well, if the blue lives or whatever, they're the ones enabling this kind of behavior, how can we put our trust in them, right? You're I mean, absolutely right, Jared. I mean, the, totally. There were no police officers indicted after the Jacob Blake shooting. And what... I, and... Going back to Doc Rivers' quote, just to finish that up, he says, quote, that to me is a, is a picture that's worth a thousand words for all of us to see with regards to if black people were the ones storming the Capitol. So it, this is an and, important and, situation all around. And, Go ahead. And, just, and just to piggyback off of that, uh, no disrespect to, to law enforcement. You know, they, they do... They're here to bring order, but blue lives is not an ethnicity. It's not a race. It's not a, it's not exactly. a people. You don't exactly. put that, you don't put that on an application. You don't put that as an identifier. I can't leave blackness. <laughs> I am always black. <laughs> if you get fired for being a police officer, you no longer a blue light. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, uh... so I just wanted to let that be known. Like I said, I, I'm not disrespecting anyone, but I just don't like that comparison at all. Cause you know, you throw dirt on black people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you think about the, the name black, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to take pride in it because that's who I am. But when we think it's it's all a mental ideological aspect. Like, when we think black, what do you think? Darkness, dark side. When you think white, you think light side, Star Wars. You can make it in any, any, any comparison you want to do, any analogy. So... I don't know, man. It's just, it's just that mental, it's just that mental aspect. I think when those, those police officers are out there seeing a whole bunch of white, white, white folks, I'm not trying to like throw dirt on, on white folks, but when they're looking, they're like, ah, smiles, rainbows, sunshine. Like mm -hmm. that's what we, that's what, that's what we've been bred to believe. You know what I'm saying? There's even, there's even colorism within our community, within the black community. You know what I'm saying? So from media, the whole ideology, the whole mindset to just think that, a certain uh, color of skin is just magnificent and great. And then another color is, ah, uh, this is what I see on TV every day. I watch this TV show and I see a, a black guy with a do-rag. He's going to steal my, like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really, we could dive so deep into it. I really like, I'm not saying, I'm really passionate about those societal talks, like sociology background, you know what I'm saying? We out here. So yeah, it's just, it's just crazy to think about all of that stuff. I agree with everything you're saying and just want to say again, you know, uh, I stand with diversity. I stand with the black community. Thank you so much for, for sharing G. I really appreciate it. And, you know, um, I'm just really honored to be here and I'm so happy that you guys and all of us are from different backgrounds and we all, it's important. We all embrace that because we're all great personalities and that's why I love being with you guys and we're all great people and the differences make those personalities even greater. And yeah. I, I, you know, that's just part of how, how I've been brought up, how I believe and I hope other people can really embrace that and appreciate our differences because 
that's part of what makes this podcast so great. That's part of what makes this so great. And, and I love how the NBA has embraced this and the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics kneeled today, released a beautiful statement. And, and that's part of what the NBA does. They stick up during this time and they bring people like us together of all different backgrounds. And that's a beautiful thing. Skylar, yeah. I just want to um, like, you know, I agree with your statement. Personal belief is I just think the world is better off when it's when we're all connected and we 100%. and when we all learn from each other. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Just a one more, just a few more notes here about this particular incident. Then I'll leave off with a parting note regarding this topic. It was weird because I saw on Twitter that after they had vandalized and did whatever terrorized the Capitol building, a lot of these, you know, these terrorists, they were just sitting at a hotel lobby just chilling out no masks they were just chilling and police officers weren't doing anything about it they were just like okay cool cool all right and that was it that was it they were just chilling doing whatever deplorable there's no better way to say it what was uh, the term that hillary clinton used a few years ago like a basket of deplorables or something like that yep i mean she wasn't wrong she wasn't wrong she was right on the money there but just a, a one last parting note concerning this topic if you or anyone you know supports donald trump or any of those type of figures feel free to unsubscribe you are not welcome here we don't like you we never will and i think i speak for everyone here and feel free to chime in guys we won't miss you we won't care if you leave we we are better off without you and society as a whole will be glad that you don't exist so just just one Small note there. Um, I concur. Um, I don't like people who want people that like to abuse their power. I don't like people who support authoritarians. And uh, yeah, uh, I concur with everything Jared says. And I hope those people can simply just fuck off and just never come back. If you support what happened today, you support racism. And if you support racism, I don't stand with you. And no, you shouldn't listen to us because we embrace diversity here and uh, we embrace our differences and, you know, never wish harm to anyone. And, uh, you know, don't be that kind of person. If you're a good person, if you're willing to give everyone a chance and embrace our differences, come hang out with us. Thanks. I think you guys touch up on it. Uh, We're here to have a good time. We all come from different backgrounds and we're here to talk about sports. So let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. Indeed. And another, I hate to start off this podcast with disappointing basketball news, but Markel Fultz, man, I was, uh, I was watching the magic game and Uh, he was, it was the first quarter. He was driving in, he looked good. And then he just collapsed. He tried to explode off his left leg and his knee just buckled. So prayers up to him. Um, it's it may be like a patella injury or an ACL or something because he just went down in a heap. So, um, yeah, the the Magic are still doing pretty well, um, surprisingly well. But not that not that any of that matters because they're. He, correct me if I'm wrong. He's their starting point guard, right? Or Cal Falls? Yeah. yeah. Who else is it? Yeah, he is because Cole Anthony's yeah. coming off the bench. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I got to chime in here and, you know, I, uh, Markel Fultz, man, prayers up. What an awful start. And I hope he makes something of his career because what an incredible story about overcoming the odds that would be. But I love Cole Anthony. 
I love Cole Anthony, and I think this could really, really open up a door for him. Uh, but prayers up to Markel Fultz. I hope he's all right. But a little bit excited about Cole Anthony to find a, a silver lining here. Um, I mean, it's just frustrating to see a player we all thought coming into the league was going to be an all-star and it was going to complete a big three in Philadelphia. It was going to really help that franchise take the next leap into a championship contender team. <laughs> you know, life wow. – Life just doesn't really work out that way. Um, it's it's just it's fucked up sometimes, and uh, you know Markel's uh, shooting form just never cooperated, and it's it's led up to this unfortunate point. I mean, prayers to him, and I hope he finds a way to get back on the court and finds a finds a way to be in this league. Yeah, because yeah. this. Go ahead, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like his shot, it's. It's decent enough, at, I mean, all things considered, but he was becoming one of those players that even though he was, what, a number one pick a few years he ago? Yeah. Number one pick. He's, he could steadily find a, a niche with Orlando, but go ahead, G. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, I just hope that he has a decent enough career like Sean Livingston. That's that's my hope for him now. Yeah, that's a you think that's a fair comparison? Uh, it's yeah. early. He could have a similar trajectory, I am I? It's it's interesting. Uh, it's it's tough. He's such a volatile player in terms of how good he can be versus like what's happening right now. Regardless, though, I don't know. This dude could have like an interesting thirty for thirty coming with the story of his shot and and everything. I mean, Markel Fultz's career has been fascinating. This is another <laughs> chapter. Let's hope it works out. I mean, this this whole. <laughs> This, this injury just brings me back in retrospect of the 2017 NBA draft. If you remember back in that draft, all everyone could really talk about was Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. And nobody really – I mean, there was a tension on Jason Tatum, but people weren't hyping up Jason Tatum. People thought he was going to be a really good player. But, like, we thought Markel Fultz and maybe Lonzo Ball would be the superstars. But now, like, think about it now. It's all changed now. It's like we were we were all wrong. Jason Tatum ended up being the best player to come out of that draft, in my opinion. Imagine if Philly drafted Jason Tatum instead. He would have been a perfect fit. Whoa. Imagine if the Lakers drafted Jason Tatum. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, my God. Kobe. Right? Uh, like, I, I'm not that knowledgeable about Markel, folks, if I'm being honest. Uh, what was he known for <laughs> other than being athletic in a big guard? I no, think. it's just the story of him forgetting how to shoot is like the craziest thing ever. That's what, what like, I, was, yeah. I don't know, bro. That's Michael Kidd, Bill Chris out here. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I mean, to be fair to Markel, he was carving out a pretty decent career over yeah. in uh, in Orlando, especially since he got tra- or tra- traded, excuse me, for like second rounders too. So is he a bust? I don't think so. Not yet. Uh. I wouldn't dare him call. I wouldn't dare say a bust, but he's one of the many players in both professional, you know, in all professional sports that just never lived up to the potential. Just never did. He's becoming like Greg Oden right now, if anyone remembers him. Greg Oden, number one. Greg Oden was just tragic. Before Kevin Durant and just got a ton of injuries. Was like an athletic Tim Duncan and career just never took off. So that's what's going on right now, but let's hope he can come back and do something special. If we're going to talk about disappointing draft picks and not living up to the hype, I'm wearing my uh, my Warriors jersey with Clay Thompson's number eleven and multiply that by two, number twenty two, Andrew Wiggins. 
Talk about a disappointment. Brex. Man. Brex. Complete. Oh, so he not a, he 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 not a bust. I mean, okay, depends on what your parameters on what a bust is, right? Because Markel Fultz is a bust. I'm sorry. No, Anthony Bennett's a bust. Markel Anthony Fultz. Bennett's a bust. Anthony Bennett's a bust. <laughs> There's a wide spectrum for a bust. Anthony Bennett is up there. Kwame Brown is up there. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Markel he's not, Fultz. Is... He's not up there. He's at the very top. Yes. He's, the, only, like, he's at the, the very top. Bust. Yeah. But at the bottom of the mountain, Markel Fultz has to be a bust. He's number one. He was the number one overall pick. He's still he's still got time. That's the only reason I'm not calling him a bust yet. This is fourth or fifth year? Fourth? Fifth? Fourth? Fourth, I think. Fourth year. It, fourth? He was 2017, right? It's close. But wait, remember Jan Vesely? Yeah. He's a bust. Was did he Wizards, he got, right? Yeah, he got drafted by the Wizards, I think, third uh, or fourth. That, that going, back a bust. To, going back to 2003, um second pick. Darko Millage. <laughs> Yes, they picked them over <laughs> Mello, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. That's amazing. They Dude won the chip MMA next year. Now. Wait, what happened? Sorry. They won the chip the next year. That's the funny thing as well. He was the first out of all of them. Yeah. But Dude is now an MMA fighter, I think. Or, yeah, a professional MMA fighter. Like, I think he got into one fight. He busts his leg open, and then I think he might have retired, or he's still going. I'm not sure. But that is a thing. That is a thing with a. Uh, I thought Darko. he was chilling on a farm with some goats. I mean, considering him, he just got his chip and then dipped. Why not, right? Chips with a dip. Yeah. Andrea Bardinati, he was a bust. Hey. Yes. Oh, no, Relax. no. I, di- I disagree. I disagree. Okay. Bro, had, bro had two good years and disappeared. That, uh, dude, his two was, good years are better than most people's best years. He would have been so good in today's NBA. <clears throat> he would have. Stretch on the floor. 20, 20 and 6, I think, or 20 and 7. In 2010, maybe? You're garbage if you're seven feet and you can't average eight rebounds a game. <laughs> or have oh, okay. any any hand-eye coordination, Kwame Brown. Facts. Andrea was – but I'm not going to lie. In the early, two, uh, early uh, 2Ks, I used to get a sorry team, get Andre, <laughs> Andrea Bargnati and Monte Ellis, play them both like 40 minutes, all-stars. Damn. In the oh. buckets. Yeah, he but, had a lot of potential. But it's a it's a good thing we're talking about disappointments and shocking picks and all that stuff because this week we're going to be talking about our picks for the most shocking and disappointing teams and players so far this season. And obviously it's right what it says on the tin, so let me get started. For me, the most disappointing Western team are the Denver Nuggets because, you know, you would think that they got super far last year, but this year something's just been off. I mean... They're good offensively. They're top 15 in both field goal percentage. They're second with 49% from the field and three-point shooting, 12th at 37.2. But they're just ass on the defensive end. They're fourth worst in opponent field goal percentage at 48%. And they're sixth worst in three-point percentage at 39%. Opponents are shooting an effective field goal percentage of 56.2562, which is third worst. And for a team with so many good players their net rating is only 0.9. I mean, their offensive rating is 116.4 and their defensive rating is 115.5. And just to put it simply, those numbers correlate to how much points an offense produces per 100 processions or how many points a a defense gives up per 100 processions. So that's the thing. I wasn't expecting the Nuggets to be this bad. If... If memory serves me right, I think you guys had 
Elise, Daniel, and Jarrell. You guys had the Nuggets as second, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I had the I had the Nuggets taking a step forward and landing in second place in the West. Yeah, it's I did too. I was a guest on that episode and also had the Nuggets second. <laughs> right now they're they're just struggling to make it to the playoffs. I think they're I know it's super early, but you know, what it, whatever. It is what it is. It kind of sucks to see them struggle like this, especially considering the lofty expectations. But you know, super disappointing. For my most disappointing Western player, it's Luka Doncic. I know Taj won't like me saying that because he had him pegged as an MVP uh, <laughs> candidate or winner, but he's struggling, man. He his stats are down all across the board, and you know, following up on almost thirty thirty point triple double is never easy. But he's averaging twenty five points nine rebounds and seven assists, which is fine. It's totally fine. But the fact is he's shooting 19% from three. I know he hasn't been a prolific three-point shooter, but oh, if you're only shooting better than Kelly Oubre Jr. at 16.7, there's a problem. And I just or- want to say one thing. Is it me or he came into this season completely out of shape? I wouldn't say he was out of shape. I mean, it's not like he was more rotund or anything. I think that he just was maybe tired. Maybe big, tired big, because big, James Harden has a reputation of coming out of shape. I, I just wondering, like, maybe he hasn't learned this. Maybe it's I think because... Don. Go ahead, Yotar. I was. I, I think Don just just needs Porzingis back. Honestly, I think that'll yeah. space the floor for him. I think that's the the main problem with the Mavs is just uh, Don just is too young to be able to do it completely by himself. I think Porzingis will really help, but agree completely. He's it's we expect so much of him. It's just he can pick it up. Yeah, that's that's actually the point I was trying to get at. Is the yeah they got Josh Richardson, but they lost Seth Curry. And now you're seeing how much of a difference maker Seth Curry is. It's weird for me to say that because it's not Stefan, it's Seth. <laughs> but the dude just was such a great shooter that it alleviated whatever problems that, you know, the Mavs may have stretching the floor. So that's a thing. And per ESPN a few weeks ago, he is one of the two players shooting the worst three-point percentages in NBA history through four games with a minimum of 20 attempts. The other one being Kelly Oubre Jr. So, yikes! Anything to uh, anything to talk about with those two points? <laughs> yeah, this is what's wrong with the NBA today. I know <laughs> three pointers is everything, but like, damn, everybody shouldn't be shooting hell of threes. Like, get that mid range game flowing. Luka Doncic Absolutely. is still Luka Doncic is still averaging almost twenty six points a game. So he's obviously doing something right to put up buckets. Maybe you don't need to keep shooting those step-back threes. Maybe you need to start attacking a little bit more. And there's no maybe for Kelly Oubre. You're not a superstar, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Go flex your guns in the paint. Get a put-back duck and stare at somebody. Why are you jacking up threes? You thought you was going to be the third splash, bro, because you're light-skinned and you're on the Warriors? <laughs> Hell no. You came over here. You now you part of the Brick Bros. You and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> shooting oh, bricks. Man. Hey, to be fair, though, their last game against the Kings – he went either four for five or four of six, and that bumped up his shooting percentage by ten points to sixteen point seven. So, and, yeah. Go ahead, Skyler. Gee, I always agree, man. Bring back the mid range. I just, I just have yeah, to say, bring like, back facts. the mid range always. Facts. Like think, you don't, you don't like 
you don't necessarily it's like it's been known since the beginning of time like the, the conception of the game of basketball you don't necessarily need to be a great three-point shooter to be good at this game Co- yeah. kobe made his life off mid-rangers yeah ask demar DeRozan. and Facts. jordan and Facts. Jordan. but speaking of more facts. It's a fact that the Phoenix Suns are my pick for shocking, most shocking Western team because I wasn't expecting this with a with a team with Devin Booker, but they're fifth in defensive rating and they're holding opponents to the seventh worst effective field goal percentage at 51%, which it may seem like that's a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty good. They're fifth in net rating at 7.6. And they have seven players in double figures led by scoring in double figures led by Devin Booker's 21 points per game. And obviously that's a shock because I had, you know, I had the Phoenix Suns pegged as a lower seeded team, but whatever, that's a thing. But yeah, Chris Paul's influence is very, very vast. Like you can't, you can't disagree that this dude knows how to play and knows how to make things easier for everyone else. And obviously, my most shocking Western player is Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry, like I said it before the season began, I thought he was going to have an MVP caliber year, especially coming back from that injury and especially with Clay coming down. So I'm just personally, I'm not surprised, but like to come out the way he did, like I'm, I'm happy for Steph. Yeah. Shout out to all the haters on Twitter, man. He saw you and he took that personally. Dropping 62, and I think he dropped, what, 30, 32, I think, or something like that? The last Near 30-point triple-double. 30 yeah. points, he's, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, or the reverse on the assist rebounds. He should no doubt average 30-plus this season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steph is what I'm having, what I'm calling. He's having an 07, uh, 06 Kobe phase. Where he's yes! Where he's literally going to carry this team, this mediocre squad, to the, to the playoffs. Slow your roll there, Big Pippen. <laughs> nah. Sorry. Kobe did it on both ends. And Curry. Uh, truth, truth, Oh, truth. come on! Do not compare Kobe. Curry's defense to yeah. Kobe's defense. Kobe's nine one of the time, best defenders. Nine-time first team offer a defense. Three-time second team on defense. Kobe did it on the offensive end and defensive end at a Top-tier level. Curry is suspect on the defensive end. Uh, wait, hang C. on. He's a C. He's a C at minus. I mean, at best. <laughs> C at best. So, okay. for th- We're comparing, what, 06, 07, right? Oh, oh, on Kobe. top of that, Kobe was putting up 35, 33 points a game. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. Like, ah, we're... Nah, you touched you. Touch, you yeah, you, you touched me there. I'm sorry. You touched me there a little bit. That, that kind of Wow, hurt okay. I, I got to say, Curry's defense is sometimes underrated, <laughs> but on Kobe's defense, couldn't agree with you more, G. Couldn't agree with you more. Most underrated defender of all time. Uh, dude was 12-time all-defense. I mean, Kobe is just one of the best defenders ever, and it's shocking. It doesn't get the credit it deserves, so I will say that. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you guys there, but... I think this is something that you guys might argue with me more. My most disappointing team are the Wizards. Um, they, they just need to mesh. The, I don't know what's going on with them. I see that you know their offense is solid. They're eighth in their eighth in field goal percentage and eighth from the three point line. But their defense needs a lot of work. They they're giving up. They're allowing opponents to shoot forty eight percent from the field, which is fifth worst, and they're 10th worst from three, allowing them to shoot 37%, and they have the fourth worst defensive rating at 113. The one good thing I will say, 
Denny Advia, he's having a sneaky good season. He's averaging about seven points, four rebounds, two assists as of this recording, because I know they have a game right now. As of this recording, that's what he's averaging, and he's averaging 1.3 steals per game, and he's shooting 48% from the field and 47% from three. G, you all good there? I mean, how are you describing good? I mean, it's solid. It's okay. But for a rookie? I, mean, I, I guess so, the efficiency and the steals, but I mean, he, dude, your that, standard is pretty low for him then. I mean, I, my standards are low for every rookie this this draft class, to be honest, because we there's so many unknowns. Like Wiseman, I told you guys this. He's he could be Chris Bosch on the Raptors, or he can be Chris Bosch on the Heat. Right? He's a third or fourth option on a good team, but on a decent to crap team, he's number one option. I mean that's, that's kind of like where he falls right now. So I just want to say I'm kind of like I'm also not really shocked that this is happening. It's it's literally a team that you know. It's literally a team that that has pieces that you don't even know they're going to be there in like six to, months to a year. Like you, you never know what's going to happen to Bradley Beal. You never know. Speaking of Bradley Beal, he just put up a sixty piece, sixty point seven rebounds, five assists, and a loss to the Seventy Sixers, one forty one one thirty six, and that's in regulation. And Damn. in other losses. Markel Fultz will miss the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. Damn. Damn, man. Worst luck. Worst luck of all time. Prayers up. And uh, I do agree about the Wizards being disappointing. I've had much higher expectations for Westbrook and Beal. Beal just lost in a 60-point performance. I mean, something just has to start clicking with this team. I mean, you've got Thomas Bryan, Shaq and a fool doing a put back dunk on his own net, then hitting a game winner. This team is just confusing me right now. And I just hope they can mesh and make it work. Cause uh, shout out to Westbrook. I still believe in him and hope something can happen. Honestly, it, go ahead. Honestly, if KD or Kyrie didn't miss any of those shots, chances are and actually no, no chances. They would be one in seven. They are, that was just an extremely lucky game for them, but go ahead. G. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, 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 Skyler. Um, I still like believe in Russ, but now that I look at this Wizards team, they ain't got no defensive players on this team. That's like, why who played who play defense on this team? <laughs> they just going out there getting buckets. They're gonna try and outscore every team, which apparently it's not working because they just lost again. One hundred forty-one points in regulation. God. Mm-hmm. Anyways. My most disappointing Eastern player is not Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook. It's Pascal Siakam. His numbers have been down this season, 17 points, 7, re- seven rebounds, 3 assists, on 40% shooting and 30 from 3, but his turnovers and fouls are all the way up at 3 and 4.6 respectively. And this is the worst start the Raptors have had in a very long time, and this might be the year that they might blow it up. They might say, you know what, Kyle Lowry, great, we love you. Got to ship you off. Fred Van Vliet and Pascal, you guys are good. Everyone else is kind of gone because those two guys are 26, Pascal and Fred Van Vliet. So what do you do at that point, right? They're your two top bucket getters and your leaders, but they're not they're not performing. So where do you go from here? That's just my thinking. That's why I have Pascal as the most disappointing player. And my most shocking Eastern team, it's the Cavs. And this is probably the only time we'll talk about the Cavs this season because they're actually playing decently. They just lost to the Magic after, you know, after a decent start. And 
they're not the best offensive squad. Their offensive rating is third worst, but they do have the 12th best opponent's field goal percentage at 52.3. Obviously, that number's going to go up because they played a game. And the triumvirate of Colin Sexton, uh, Darius Garland, and, and Andre Drummond, they're playing surprisingly well. Sex land. I was about to say that, dude. I was <laughs> yeah. about to say that. Larry Nance Jr. for that nickname. Shout I'm out, just, out to him. That's a I just great nickname. I just want to say it is the beginning of the year, and my gut feeling is this is not going to last. It's just – It's definitely not going to last. It's um, the Cavs. It's just like it's kind of amazing what – LeBron did for this franchise and once he left they they just like we just don't people just don't talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers anymore. Yeah, um they're gonna be bad. in this is gonna be in they're gonna be in NBA lost land for a while. Um uh I think for Cavs fans, uh, no offense, but enjoy this while it lasts because it's it's not. It's not, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not gonna last. I mean they're already four and four. So Sexton's yeah, I mean, impressive though. I'll give him that. Is. Yeah. He's been great. Same with uh, Garland and Drummond because they put up 59 points between the three of them. But yeah, this is this isn't gonna last. It's probably the last time we'll we'll talk about the Cavs this season because they're the Cavs. And just to wrap things up, my most shocking Eastern player is Jalen Brown. He's averaging 26.9 points, four 4.6 rebounds, and 3.1 assists on 57% shooting from the field. 43 from three, and he has a PER of 25.6, which is 17th best in the NBA. And he's been doing it all over the floor, but we'll see if he can remain consistent throughout the entire year. That's the main thing. Consistency, 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 especially since Campbell Walker is going to be out for a little bit longer. So we'll see. We shall see. It It's like the Celtics are the Clippers. The Celtics are the Clippers in the East because they have their Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're built the same. They got two great wings that can play both sides and put up buckets. So they need a point guard. Yeah. Well, they do. They have two. It's comma three. Almost three point guards that can play the point guard position. The Celtics? Yeah. Kimba, Jeff T, and sometimes Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Compared to the Clippers. Too. Uh, compared to the Clippers, all they got <laughs> is Patrick Beverly, and that motherfucker. <laughs> can't play point guard position <laughs> hey did you see that game yesterday between of course you didn't watch the game between the clippers and the spurs but oh hell no there was a there was a play where patrick beverly shoves patty mills in the back he got called oh, for I, a saw foul, I saw and he's that like, yeah. what the f-? it's like dude you shoved him in the back like referee was like here <laughs> like what the f-? exactly come on bro that's crazy but that is nuts well since you got the last word there daniel you want to you want to share your team well, to get started, yeah, I'm first off, I'm agreeing with you, Jared. Uh, my most disappointing team in the Western Conference this year was were obviously the Denver Nuggets. I thought going in that they're going to take the next step. Granted, this is still early in the season. Remember, the uh, the first Miami Heat team LeBron was on started at nine and eight, so they could still turn around. It's a long season, but um, the Denver Nuggets are, are a reminder that you know you can't really win in this league without. Any sort of defense, especially transition defense, um, you know, try to uh, you know try talking to the 2013 Lakers. They are a prime example of this. Uh, Jamal what Murray, yep, Jamal Murray, Mike Antony. Uh, Jamal Murray, uh, he's playing well on offense, but he's got a, in my opinion, he, it's not enough. He's got, he's not taking it to the level I thought he would this year. Jamal has to step it up if this team is gonna some way find itself. Back in the Western Conference Finals, personally, the way this team is playing right now, I 
I don't see them going doing you know having as much success in the postseason as a year ago. I think this team got really lucky. The conditions were set, and that's why they got hot. Ultimately, I think it was kind of a fluke, unfortunately. Most disappointing Western Conference player. Um, I know this is kind of a pick out of the blue. I'm going to say Kelly Oubre Jr. Mm-hmm. Look, no one, no one was, no one thought going in that Kelly Oubre Jr. was going to be, you know, this the perfect replacement for Clay Thompson. But shooting 16.7% from the field, like that's just unacceptable. From three. From three, that's unacceptable. Kelly Oubre was obviously brought in into Golden State to fill a void for Clay Thompson, but to get just 16 point percent um 16.7 percent from three that's unacceptable you're basically giving um the warriors the train that traded for you the the danny green treatment so that's what's going on right now so can you can you go into that a little bit more the danny green treatment we well essentially the lakers signed danny green because hey we 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 need some shooting for you and what we got instead was you know nothing a bunch of brick shots Bricks, brick shots, postseason disappointment. That's kind of what's going on with Kelly Oubre right now. Uh, the Warriors were hoping to get something, but instead they got expired goods. Would it be fair to say that he's shooting bricks? He is shooting bricks completely. Shooting bricks out of his, you know, out of his butthole. Like that's what's going on right now. Uh, moving on, uh, the most shocking Western Conference team, uh, Phoenix. Obviously, I think they, the Suns are like. There's no way to say it. They are the most shocking Western Conference team thus far. Yeah, it's early in the season. I thought they were going to be better, but the CP3 presence, the veteran presence, has had a more positive effect than I expected. I think Devin Booker is an All Star. Um, I did not expect them to start off this well. They're second in the West. We'll see how they go going forward. Um, as long as if they, I want to see how far they drop because that's a that's inevitable. That's going to happen. But so far, I think they're going to drop not low enough to miss the playoffs, but they will drop, they will win enough games to get in. So, yeah, that Phoenix is my most shocking Western team. Uh, most shocking Western player, uh, this is again, this is kind of a, a random choice, but I'm going to say CJ McCollum. Uh, I'm basing this off on early games. Damian Lillard kind of had trouble. Uh, adjusting to his new pieces starting the season. CJ McCollum has stepped up in his place. CJ McCollum is sixth in scoring. He's been hot so far. Uh, I think CJ McCollum has done an excellent job. That's why he gets the notice from me. N- moving on to the Eastern Conference, the most disappointing. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you still think, G, that they should trade CJ for Ben Simmons? Nah, I, I actually was going to have him as one of my honorable mentions for uh, most shocking players in the West because bro putting up, what, 27, shooting efficiently yeah. from three. He's shooting the most – he's making the most threes in the NBA currently right now. And he's also putting up four – four, almost five rebounds, almost five assists. Yeah. That's like Bradley Bill numbers. <laughs> Except on so, a better team. Uh, on a better team. So, I, I don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't think that's, that's solving the problem. <laughs> Scoring more than Dame. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, ask Daniel how he knows. Fantasy. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. Go but, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, moving on. Yeah, did, I've been paying attention to Blazers games because of my fantasy team. But, yes, uh, my most disappointing Eastern Conference team still, uh, thus far, uh, I'm going to say the, the guys up north, the Toronto Raptors. One in five start. Look, I know you guys, the Raptors, weren't going to be the best team going in the East, but to start one in five, 
that's not good at all. That's not a good sign. It's it's a sign that you at the end of the day, Pascal ain't cutting it. You need a face of the franchise. You need someone to pair up with Fred uh, Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam in the long term. Without without a true face of the franchise, this franchise is going any it's not going anywhere. So yeah, that the Raptors they need to do something there. Something has to go. Uh, they're glorified role players. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're all glorified role players. Something has to go. You can't, you know, it's great to have great role players, but on their own, they won't last for the long term. Uh, and in my disappointing Eastern player, yeah, it's Pascal Siakam, 17.3 points per game. That's not, you're not cutting it. Like for a team that doesn't really have a superstar player and a, a true number one option, 17.3 points per game is not cutting it. He needs to be in the ballpark of 21, 23. I mean, if he can even do it, maybe 25, but 17.3 points per game. Um, that's, that's, you know, early, early, in my opinion, that's early year numbers, like a player in his sophomore year in, in the league. So 17.3 games, that three points per game, that's not, that's got to improve. Uh, what game, my, what game does he have though? You know what I'm saying? Like he's not he a superstar. One spin move. He has that's that one spin it. Move. He could shoot the three in the championship year as well. That's not his game. Like, that just happened because everybody focused on Kawhi and Kyle Lowry. Pascal Siakam just emerged, but he wasn't – nah, he's, is not, it, he's not that guy. <laughs> is it fair to say that he's probably a poor man's Giannis? Yes. That's what it's, that's what it's looking like. Uh, that's yes. a funny comp. Um, I will say to Lowry, Lowry is a leader – but Lowry needs a superstar with him. Kyle Lowry is a great player, but he needs a superstar to be to reach his full potential. That's yeah. what I'm saying. At the end of the day, like you can have all the great role players in role in the world, and they can take you far. But in the long term, that eventually crumbles. You need a true superstar in Toronto. Um, in, ter- in terms of uh, the most shocking East- team in the Eastern Conference, I'm actually going to say the Philadelphia 76ers. They're six and one. It's a great start so far. Uh, Joel Embiid is playing like an uh, like he belongs in the MVP conversation. Ben Simmons continues to hold the ground on defense. Um, personally, going into this season, I thought this team was honestly going to be mediocre. They're going to be a fifth seed at a, fit, a solid fifth seed, but nothing more. You and more. me both. So uh, it's still early, but right now, good signs are coming out of out of you know the city of brotherly love. The most shocking Eastern Conference player. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Jared. Uh, Jared, once again, I this is another one of your comments I agree with. It's Jalen Brown. He's averaging about 27 points per game. Uh, he he's doing it on a team where he's not even the best player. Jason Tatum is the best player, and he's doing better than him right now. That those are superstar numbers, and Jalen Brown, in my opinion, deserves the nod. Hmm. All right. Anything to uh, to add there, you guys? I got uh-huh. plenty to say next. All right. Well, we'll get to what you have to say coming up. Coming up. But first, here's a, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Shooting Brooks podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player propositions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or eSports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. 
Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag PropUp today. And so, G, now that we're back, what do you, what do you got to say? So I'm just going to give you guys a heads up. I'm kind of probably going to change some of my answers because I want it to be a little bit diverse. You know what I'm saying? We're a diverse podcast that loves diversity. So why not have some diverse teams to talk about? But I can't steer away from the Denver Nuggets <laughs> being the most disappointed team in the Western Conference. I had them as the second seed when we did our little preseason um standing predictions and to see that this doesn't like on paper i thought it looked well but you see how how jeremy grant missing off this team they're missing that defensive enforcer that that was their enforcer right um but also their bench Uh, i thought monty morris uh mpj uh michael porter jr and potentially we might see some bowl bowl action i thought those three young guns off the bench might serve the denver nuggets well and I also thought that Jamal Murray was going to take a bump, but uh, bump up. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But I have to say that the Denver Nuggets have been the most disappointing team in the league. I thought they were they were taking their um, they were going to be better than what they were last year. But obviously, they can't play a lick of defense. And an honorable mention has to be the Portland Trailblazers because I thought Robert Covington was going to fix all their problems and they have a healthy roster with Rodney Hood. Now Gary Trent Jr. is balling out of his control, but now the Portland Bigs can't play because Nurkic is only averaging nine points and eight rebounds, and we've seen him put up almost 17 and 10 a game. So that's an honorable mention for me. Y'all got anything to say about that? All right. The Portland Trailblazers improve. I, I hope so too, because I like them kind of scaring me as a Lakers fan when we played against them, and I want to mm-hmm. see them like ball out, you know, Dame Dollar. <laughs> Most disappointing player in the West, I have three, and they're all guards: D'Lo, Spider, Jamal Murray. All three of them motherfuckers don't know how to play basketball this season. They're playing pretty bad. D'Lo is on a horrible team. Cat has been injured. You are letting a rookie get more, and Anthony Edwards get more shine than you are. You are a top two pick, D'Angelo Russell. Ice in the veins, snitch. You got all of this shit going on, bro. Bro code. You know what I'm saying, bro? You're in, you're in Minnesota. You're in Minnesota. You're in Minnesota, <laughs> and you're not even balling out, bro. You need to be averaging 25-plus points a game. When you were with the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, he was putting up buckets, and he was diamond people off. But now he's here averaging, barely averaging 20 points, barely averaging five assists, and I just think that's horrible for him in this situation. Now, to talk about Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is supposed to be the best shooting guard in this league. In my opinion, yep. he should be. He should be, but he's not performing it like that. You're you're taking that step back. You're letting Rudy Gobert. And I know Shaq hates Rudy Gobert, but you're letting Rudy Gobert get this big contract, kind of take you off your game. You need to start thinking about the bubble when Jamal Murray was whooping that ass. Because you need to come out here and start balling, bro. 
Speaking of Jamal Murray, what the f*** happened to him? I was rooting for Jamal Murray, even though he disrespected the Lakers when he dribbled around Lonzo Ball a couple of years back. But I thought Jamal Murray was going to take that jump. You don't play defense, you need to score out of this world. James Harden is the perfect example for that. He doesn't play a lick of defense, but he'll give you 33 points a game. So Jamal Murray not barely scoring 21, 22 points, pretty disappointment to me. So those three players, those three guards, especially in the Western Conference when it's packed with guards, you need to be on your A game. And all of their averages to me and what they're doing right now isn't their A game to me. Um, can I just butt in there real quick? I'm surprised you didn't include Gary Harris. Man, I don't. Gary Harris ain't up there. I mean, I don't. I don't know why everybody's so hyped on Gary Harris. He's I'll, a role player. Check this out: eight points on thirty-seven percent shooting, twelve percent from three. Ooh two rebounds, and 1.6 assists, and a steal. Get him off the team. In 31 minutes. So if we're, if we're talking about disappointing, Gary Harris. but They they should have they tried to pull Drew Holiday. I feel like Drew Holiday would have fit on this team better than the Bucks. but Woo. we'll see. I mean, Jarrell, I want to concur your statements on Donovan Mitchell. I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. And like the way he's playing so far, it's it's not to his caliber. I think I think we all know he's capable of. So yeah, I completely agree on D'Lo. Personally, as a Lakers fan, I was never really a fan of drafting him in the first place. And like going thinking about now, he lacked the the maturity to play in a place like L.A. from the get go. I liked D'Lo. I, I think his career can still be saved. I think there's a lot of skill set there. And, you know, he's he's still a young guy. He's been in the league for a bit, but he's still a young guy. And as far as Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is amazing. He has to take that superstar step where you are consistently great every night. This dude is like a modern D Wade, D Wade, three-time champion. Donovan Mitchell, though, he can hit the three. And I really want to see Donovan Mitchell become that consistent superstar. But we keep when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? So he's got to make it happen. It's, it's not going to happen in Utah. You're not John Stockton and Carl Malone, especially when your second best player is getting paid $200 million to average 10 points and 13 rebounds. <laughs> I mean, that's my, biggest, that's, that's my biggest fear with Donovan Mitchell. He's stuck in a small market. To I mean, let's, I'm going to be honest. To improve as a player sometimes, you need actual like capable all-stars to be with you so that, you know, in, in cases like that, that's where all-stars improve. When they're playing ah. with other all stars. Ah. If you want to be the man, you got to be able to grow into the man. John Stockton, Carl Malone, they, all they needed was each other. And they're, they, John Stockton is a top five point guard in, in, ever, and Carl Malone is a top five power forward ever. Did anybody disagree? <laughs> no, no, exactly. Nope. So, Donovan Mitchell, he has to, you have to mature and come into your own. You, you, you signed that extension. You ain't going nowhere, buddy. You got to live up to it. Same with Devin Booker. Yeah, <laughs> Y'all in the same of, boat. Speaking of Devin Booker, who's your most shocking Western team? The Suns, the Phoenix Suns. Okay. They're, they're very shocking. <laughs> the CP3 effect is real, but I'm still going to throw dirt on them because CP3 doesn't do shit in playoffs. So they're going to do all of this, but that's why you got Devin Booker. Devin, we, have, exactly. we, we haven't seen much of clutch Devin Booker in playoff situations because he's never been there. CP3 could get you to the playoffs, but he cannot lead you to the promised land. That's why you have Devin Booker. And Devin Booker has taken his foot off the gas a little bit. He's trying to incorporate himself in other aspects of the game we're noticing. He's not averaging 25, 27 points a game. He's averaging 21. He has other players that he could defer to now. Now that's resting young Devin Booker up. He's like young Gohan. You know what I'm saying? He's coming in to fight sale. So I think 
this the, this is not a fluke. The Phoenix Suns are are they look legit. They have those pieces. Macau, Mikhail, Macau, Michael Bridges. You know the I'm talking about. That that motherfucker right there. He is balling out. Glorified role player, but the Phoenix Suns look well rounded, and I do have to give an honorable mention mention to the Golden State Warriors because I thought they were going to be ass, but. What they're four and three now. Curry went off. Get Draymond Green back. Kelly Oubre hits a little bit more consistently. So now they look pretty solid. So, yeah. But can Curry continue to cook? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He's going right. to cook them yeah. until they get to the playoffs. And then they get trounced in the first round. But we'll see. Anyways. Wow. So, most shocking Western player, honorable mention to CJ McCollum. We already touched up on that. But I'm going to say Nikolai Jokic, the Joker. This Ooh. dude is averaging a triple-double. He's leading before this, the game that happens this Wednesday. Anybody else playing to bump their averages? He was leading the league in assists. Can we recall a big man, a five, leading the league in assists? Anybody can, can anybody recall a center leading the league in assists at any given moment? Personally, he's one of the most. Probably Wilt. Check. Personally, in terms of raw talent, like Nikola Jokic could honestly be up there in, in terms of like what I've seen in my whole like basketball watching life. He could be one of the most talented big men I've ever seen grace the floor. He's that good. He's unbelievable. He's, undoubtedly, he's he's top one centers in the league right now, consistently on offensive end. Only downfall is that defense. But Bro's averaging almost 25 points a game, almost 12 assists, and almost 12 rebounds through seven, eight games. Come on now. Jeez Louise. Ever seen a big man who can pass like that. Yeah, and man. what Jared said, 47% from three. This is Dirk and Whiskey on steroids, boy. Dirk didn't pass like this. Dirk didn't rebound like this. The Joker is legit. And he was the number one overall pick in our fantasy league, if y'all didn't notice. But get that man some help because the Denver Nuggets need some help. They need some milk. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think milk's going to take out some heat? <laughs> I like what you did there. It should because uh, the <laughs> the Miami Heat, bro, most disappointing Eastern Conference team for me. You guys went to the NBA Finals. How do you start off at a 500 level, 50-50? Y'all win half games, half your games, and you lose half your games. On top of that, I'm pretty sure they lost to a trash team, but I didn't put on a document. But this is not what I was expecting from the Heat. They pretty much got their same team back aside from interchanging, uh, what's his face, Jay Crowder for um, Heartless. They got Avery Bradley. They got rid of um, uh, Jones, Derek Jones Jr. But there's only one player that's coming back to this team that's recovering. That's Goran Dragic. So you have the same team. We have Jimmy Butler, which we thought was going to take that step too. A different Jimmy Butler. But I guess that's just only playoff Jimmy Butler, like playoff Rondo. He's been but hampered by injuries. Disappointment. Damn. And then, oh, oh, on top of that, Daniel, since you're talking, I'm dragging your ass back up in here. <laughs> Tyler Hero, where is he at? Because he ain't behaving like Superman right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a little bit hyped there because y'all was talking all that shit, hyping Tyler Hero up. You're good, man. You're he good. Ain't doing, he ain't doing nothing. So is, Anyways, he your, uh, is he your most disappointing player, either Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero? You know what? I, I had to agree with y'all with Pascal Siakam. That's why I left it blank. Yeah. Like, he just has to be the most disappointed player because I think we just all got fooled and he, we all got like caught up he, in the he's, hype. He's got to do a lot more than just 17.3 points per game. He can't. That's not going to help. Exactly. But he can't, you know, that's not him. He's not that guy. Yeah. Sucks for Raptors fans. If there are any listening to this podcast, it sucks for you guys, but you know, it happens. That's what happens when you trade DeMar. You get a ring and then you just go downhill. Exactly. 
I'm right. Canadian. I'll get some Raptors fans listening <laughs> to this for sure. And, uh, I mean, uh, maybe it's it's kind of like the Mavs after their championship in 2011. They didn't become trash, trash, but they kind of went away. They were pretty bad. Yeah. It's kind of like what the Spurs are going through. Kawhi left. They had a decent squad for two years, and then it's like, oh, well, we're garbage now. <laughs> we're not. We'll see. But so just a, a quick thing. You guys all spoke about the Magic. Um, Daniel and Jarrell in particular, you guys said the Magic had, I think, what, no chance to make it through the playoffs? They have yeah. no shot. They have no shot. G, it's uh, so early in the season. G, you want to fill us in on the Magic? Because they just won again. So they're, they are now 6-2. and two. It's really a shocker. Like, I agree with Daniel. I still feel like they don't have any chance because – I don't even know who's on this team aside from Vucevic and now Terrence Ross, but Aaron Gordon is garbage. Like they, I just, they, they don't have a squad and I know it's the Eastern conference, but I just feel like teams are going to start picking it up. You know, you, we all, we, we also got to factor in, in the top, like the first 10, 15 games, players ball out of control. Either people are being very garbage or they're being absolutely good. And then you have that middle of the pack team, like the Lakers, you know, we kind of, we won and we lost and won, you know, that those are teams you got to look out for, but like the Wizards, I think they're going to end up coming back because you got Russell Westbrook, got Bradley Bill. That's going to start equating to some wins. But the Magic, who do they have to depend on? Nikola Terrence Vucevic. Ross? It's, it's, it's a team, honestly. Shout out to USC, Nikola Vucevic. But go ahead, Daniel. Honestly, the Magic are of a team for the casual viewers. They're a team full of nobodies. Exactly. exactly. Yep. And you're wait, not wait. winning with your best player being a big. Sorry. Not in today's wait. NBA. Nope, not going to happen. Remember what I said about the Magic? There's something that just happens with how they're coached, that they will always make it to the eighth seed. And this is what's happening. They, they're not remarkable by any stretch, but they're just good enough to make it to the playoffs. Just saying. We'll, this is we'll see. Six, I mean, the, eight the, games East, in. the Eastern Conference is, is trash. So, like, like, it's full of bad teams, and, like, you just don't know what's going to happen. I believe in Cole Anthony too. I believe in Cole Anthony. I think this Markel Fultz thing could be a big chance for Cole Anthony. He's fairly mature for his age. If you listen to him and his interviews, his story, his work ethic, and he has skill. It hasn't really shown up completely in a game yet, but I really think that this could be an interesting opportunity for Cole Anthony. Aaron Gordon has had some great games this year. And then you got... You know, uh, you got Nikola Vucevic. Shout out to the Trojans, and we'll see what happens. We shall see. And I think you got to attribute that that mindset that Cole Anthony has to his dad because his dad Absolutely. didn't play in the NBA, and I think that just kind of trickled down. So I do see him coming, maybe coming into his own, maybe having a, a, a breakout like rookie season. But who do they have to back him up now? Because they don't have a veteran. They don't have DJ Augustine. You know what I'm saying? Like, if DJ Augustine was still on his team, I think that will fare well because you, you get that veteran leadership. But it's there's no player mentorship here. So, I just, you know, there's where are you going? Yeah, and quick it's update. Tough. The Heat just lost again. They're now 3-4. and four. Disappointment. And shout out Greg Anthony. Cole Anthony's yeah. dad. Yes, sir. Yeah. He's a great okay. commentator on two. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> so good. It's still it's still early. I, I think Miami will eventually turn it around. It's hopefully, just, man. Hopefully. Fluke. Fluke. Well, yeah. So All right, G. Your last your last little entry here. My shocking player of the Eastern Conference is none other than one half of Sexland, Colin <laughs> Sexton. 
the bulldog you know what i'm saying not only is he on my fantasy team putting up buckets he's putting up buckets on the cleveland cavaliers i know the cleveland cavaliers are pretty ass and garbage but that's what you're supposed to do on trash team 25 points a game now is he averaging two boards and about three and a half assists and he's shooting hear me out 54 percent from three come on now oh, and that probably went down that's that probably game. went down but that's the, exactly but he, he's he's putting up numbers, and this is pretty shocking to me because you know Colin Sexton's been has you know we haven't talked much about him other than him being on that team that had three players on the court against five players in college. But ever since he's been in the NBA, it's been you know what I'm saying he's in a similar situation as Bradley Beal. You know the Wizards is that's where your career goes to die, and Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, if that's dying, I don't I don't know what's worse than dying, but you don't want to be on the Cavaliers. A zombie. Exactly. They're not dead. They're not alive. They're just there. Terrible ownership, in my opinion. Terrible ownership. Yeah. I think, well, I don't necessarily agree, but I can see where you're coming from. They're just bad. Mm-hmm. True. But And Dan Gilbert's a, a known Trump supporter, so FYI. Okay. <laughs> yes. Got to include that. Got to include that. But speaking of inclusion, Skylar, the newest addition to the Shooting Bricks podcast, what do you got? Hey, excited to be here once again. Uh, what a great group of guys. What a great show. Going to be a great year. So most disappointing Western team. Got to go with the Denver Nuggets here. I, I can't change it up. We're all in agreement. We all had high expectations for the Denver Nuggets. Everyone's covered it really well. But for me, you know, it's just that they're three and four right now. You have Murray, you have Jokic, you have pieces around them like Michael Porter Jr. And they just looked so, so good in the bubble. And they're just, they're just not looking like that number two seed team. We all thought they could be, they look ready to take a step as everyone's been saying, especially as G was alluding to here, Nikola Jokic, this dude, his combination of passing and shooting. And then you got Jamal Murray, like what is going on? They should be a top tier team. So, you know, no defense should be. Yeah. Should be no defense. So that actually leads me right into my most disappointing player in the Western conference. Before we get to some positive spins on the West here, Jamal Murray. Do y'all remember when he did that layup in the Western Conference Finals that yeah. had people comparing him to Jordan? Yep. Beautiful. Yes, sir. It was Beautiful. perfect. It was perfect. And now, right, we were already 50 pieces, balling out, clutch, ready for him to take that step. And now what's what's going on? He's just not there. He's averaging like, what, 22 points a game. And is that good? Is that four points better than what he was averaging? Sure. But... We expected him to become a superstar. He's and just a really good player. Exactly. That's what it's looking like. But he showed potential. Do you guys think Jamal Murray can take that step up and become a superstar player? I mean, the what I love his playing style. I think he could. It's just like something something's not clicking. I think. Yeah, I think not this season, but next season. Because this season's weird for everyone. So you see, you know, the Miami Heat, they're struggling big time, right? So I feel like if it wasn't this season, it'd be next season or the following season. Because it's what, 24, 23? Yeah. He has, he has a lot of time. And 22 points at 24 years old, that's pretty fucking solid. He, he's that's really good. Really good. 
<laughs> it's good. It's good. The only reason he's disappointing for me is because of how high the expectations were. 22 was not bad, but in the bubble, he looked ready to become a superstar. And I agree with you guys. Like 25, 28 points per game. It's, it's, it's something different about these guards. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whenever I try to compare these guards to making that superstar push, my, my first comparison is Allen Iverson, and I don't know why. Kyrie Irving, I wanted you to make that, that, that next step. I'm comparing you to Allen Iverson. Jamal Murray, you want to make that next step. I'm comparing you to Allen Iverson. I don't know what it is, but Allen Iverson was a leader. Allen Iverson played mm -hmm. defense. He led the league in steals at times. He put up huge numbers. So I just it's just something that's off that they're not, they're not, meet, they're not meeting that, that caliber to me. I think that's what just it, my opinion. I think what it is is that Allen Iverson was so good that he's the standard for which every guard kind of is compared to, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he was so good. He won like an MVP. He led the woefully undermanned 76ers to the finals and won the first game. He dropped what, exactly. 40 or 50 or something like that. Something crazy. On top of that, he played defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. None of these, yeah. none, Jamal Murray doesn't play defense. He uh, Donovan Mitchell is, is, is suspect. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody is is it's it's like now this generation it's it's 75 percent offense, 25 percent defense. Yep. Yeah, defense yeah. has gone down. Yeah, and shout out to AI, one of the most influential players of all time. If you Thanks. don't know, you should know. This dude changed the league. This dude changed the culture. Lots of the players we know wouldn't exist. Dwayne Wade wore three for Allen Iverson, and Chris Paul wears three uh, usually for Allen Iverson. And so, you know, shout out to AI. Everyone's compared to him because he was just so good. He was just so good. He changed the dress code, and uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, it's, Jamal Murray's got time. He's got time it, on his side. It's, it's so it's, crazy he was so good considering he hated practice, too. Yeah. But. <laughs> we talking about practice? It's, practice? It's a shame that he never got to a place where he can win a ring. It just never happened. No, yeah. exactly. But we'll all remember that 2001 finals performance, dropping a 50-piece. and Stepping uh, over time. The step. Over. The step. The step. Uh, speaking of the step, I'm going to take another step to unveiling my picks here by saying the most shocking Western Conference player is Stephen Curry. If you no. saw that 62-point game, this dude went Super Saiyan. If this dude was a Pokemon, he would make Charizard into an ice Pokemon. If this dude was a chef, Chef Curry, all right, he was Gordon Ramsay cooking up Hell's Kitchen that oh. night. Okay? <laughs> Steph <love> Curry <laughs> balled out. Steph Ooh. Curry balled out that night. 62 points, signature performance. Great players have iconic moments, and that is what Steph Curry did. What does he do to follow it up? Oh, not much. Just a 30-point, nine-rebound, eight-assist performance. This dude is balling out. He's going to make major, major headway this season, and he heard the haters. He responded. That's what the great players do, and I really think that he is going to carry this team to a playoff performance and, you know, just – Shout out to Steph Curry. Shout out to Steph Curry. He's proven he can carry a team. He's proven he deserves uh, a spot in that all-time great, possibly even top 15 already with his influence on the game, uh, championship caliber, I would say. Just a, just a quick interjection here, if you don't mind. So which one do you think is more, I guess, the legacy of Steph Curry, right? The 62-point game, the performance in the Garden, or the shot against OKC? But this is for all of you guys. Wow. 
That's a great question. The shot at OKC. Yeah, that's for me too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely good with the OKC shot. I got to go with the OKC shot because I'm not definitive on the 62-point performance, and we have recency bias there. Yeah. So I think it is the OKC shot. But I think that 62-point is right now the definitive Curry game. If you want to watch an entire game of just Steph Curry, not, you know, Splash Bros, Prime uh, Warriors, but he's, he's showing they got something special and that he is one of those great players who can lead and carry a team. So I'm really excited to see what happens with the Warriors. For sure. What about the Pelicans? The Pelicans. That is a great question. They are my most shocking Western team. Uh, We talked about the Pelicans last time I was on the show before I was lucky enough to become (laughs) a regular. And so the Pelicans in fifth, I think, is higher than we all expected most of them to be. Uh, You know, they're gelling right now. Ingram's balling out, Zion's balling out, and even Lonzo's looking great. So they can actually develop that chemistry as a young team. And, you know, Steven Adams in the middle here, uh, he's looking really, really good too. And you got Bledsoe and you got Van Gundy's style working. It just seems right now that, do you guys think the Pelicans could, it's early, it's early, but do you guys think the Pelicans could be ahead of schedule and we're actually seeing something really interesting out of them here? I have a hot tech. I think with this current core, if they keep Zion, Brandon Ingram, and if Lonzo Ball develops anything close to Jason Kidd, if they just keep those three players, that alone is a championship contender in the long run. And I and I think they could, given how long like Zion, in my opinion, has definitely stepped up this season. Uh, Brandon Ingram has definitely played well. Uh, I think they could. If they keep playing the way they are playing right now, they I could see them being cracking a fourth or fifth seed. So, so really quickly, because of the the fact that Lonzo still hasn't had a contract extension, do you think he's gone? Possibly. G G said that they drafted another point guard, right? So they did. Kira Lewis Jr. Kira, I don't Kira think so. I think I think that he's I think he's showing a work ethic. I think he's stepping up a little bit, and I really like uh, I really like that take. Ingram is he's he's becoming a consistently great player. Like he's not looking like a dude who really has off nights, and and he can put up those great performances. So I'm loving that. Then you got Zion Williamson, and I've, I've said this. I think Zion Williamson could end up being the player of the decade, just the combination of power and speed. So with what Daniel's saying, it's it's a really interesting take that if you just keep these guys together and let them develop, especially Zion and Ingram, that is looking like a great duo already. Yeah. Something interesting could happen. Zion, in my opinion, is probably – when it's all well, it's it's a long way from all said and done, but he's already one of the most unique NBA players I've ever seen on on a television set. Hundred like, percent, and he's just he he's he's like six eight, but he plays like a he, he's more suited to the center position. Bro, like, six six, bro. Yeah, he's six six. <laughs> he's like he's really small small for the center size, but yet his play style like he has to be there. And also shout out to David Griffin for making all, this all work. You know, like. Hiring Stan Van is just one of those great moves. Cleveland, I agree. The Cleveland job was not a fluke. He's he's David Griffin's the real deal. He's a solid, solid GM. Absolutely. And and I just want to piggyback real quick. Like I agree that the Zion and Brandon Ingram duo has to stay intact. I think the league is leaning like as the years go by. 
I know we're guard heavy right now, but it's more of those forwards that 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 or the wing players. You know what I'm Wings, saying? The two to the forwards. four, the two to the four position as leading the league. Th those duos, like you know what I'm saying? The Celtics got Jason Tatum and J uh, Jalen Brown, and the Clippers have Paul. J the LA Strippers have Paul George, <laughs> Pandemic P, and and, and cool. uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Batman Kawhi Leonard, and the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis. So I think that that's that's a that's a future duo right there for sure. And the Spurs have Demar and Lamarcus. Come on anyway. now. We thought, we thought, <laughs> I thought that would be a great duo. I uh, thought that would be a great duo. It's, it's over. It's over. It's over. Uh, great trick, though. Hopefully, DeMar gets going because that leads me into my most disappointing teams of the East, especially uh, being from Canada. I grew up a lifelong Lakers fan because I was attracted to Kobe and that greatness and just followed them my whole life. But being Canadian, right, the, the Raptors were the talk always. And so the Raptors have been a big part of my life, even though the Lakers are my team. So I, I love them. I look out for them. And when they won that championship, uh, it felt like a home win. It felt like a home win for Canada. Everyone was into my favorite sport of basketball. But that's why they're my most disappointing team. They've been at the top of the East for so long, and we never thought they'd get over that hump. They make this genius trade for Kawhi. But we all knew. We all knew they were sacrificing the future. Things went better than expected after he left. So we got our hopes up. But if you followed the Raptors, they were bottom dwellers. They were this middling team rising to an eighth seed. And they might have to be that for a bit. Shout out to Kyle Lowry. As I was saying, the dude is a leader. The dude is a leader. He played a massive role in that championship. He is the spiritual leader, the engine that makes that team go. But right now, it's not looking good. And, um, you know, they, without Gasol, without Ibaka, without those championship pieces, even with Freddie V, things aren't clicking very well. And, and they really might need to consider going into a rebuild and just appreciating what was and shout out to what was in that, you know, they really, really did the Toronto Raptors guy, the team that choked against LeBron all the time, that crazy team up North, they won a championship. Not many franchises have done that. So, so shout out to that legacy, but uh, it, it might be time for them to, to think about appreciating what was and starting over a little bit here. So I, I want to say this, uh, Skylar, um, my hope is, what that championship did for the city of Toronto, the Raptors as a franchise as a whole. I hope going forward, given that they have Messiah Ujiri, one of the best execs in, in the league, in my opinion, that it now becomes an attractive place to free agents. Most, yes. A lot of people in the U.S. don't know. Toronto is a world-class city. And what do NBA and NBA players and free agents like? We've seen this trend beginning with LeBron 2010. They like cities that are attractive and that, you know, that's, Kind of, let's face it, support that glamorous lifestyle they all want. So I hope that championship kind of highlights the city of Toronto for like, going forward for future NBA free agents to eventually, like, you know, give the city of Toronto a shot because I think Toronto deserves those type of free agents. If, if you're yeah. asking me, it's a great city. I've never been. I've certainly wanted to go, but it's a great city. They deserve a great team. The fans are extremely passionate, and you know the championship. Yeah, that's great, but. It's it's what happens after, right? Like, f as a Warriors fan, we're kind of seeing what's happening after. We had a run, great fans, great city, all that jazz, but now where do we go from here? Because the Warriors certainly aren't going to aren't gonna rebuild anytime soon. We got Steph Curry, we got Clay, we got Andrew Wiggins, God, and, you know, James Wiseman. So we're, 
the Warriors are kind of what the Raptors are thinking about being, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> I mean, just saying, like, as a model of post-championship success, like, you know, last year was whatever, 15 and 50, whatever. But, you know, the Raptors could take a few pages out of what the Warriors are doing, and who knows, maybe they could, they could actually, be a, a decent playoff team. I actually see the Warriors maybe having a, a, a 2013, 2014, 15, like 2012 Spurs, San Antonio type of resurgence for a little bit. And Let's hope compete, so. They might compete for one more ring. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I just wanted to point out that the San Antonio Spurs organization is amazing because they had such a long run of staying consistent, winning championships, still being in the playoffs, that nowadays teams aren't staying at the pinnacle at, uh, for a long time. The Warriors had a good five-year run. Now look at them. And before that, what were they doing? The Heat, the Miami Heat, and the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So the San Antonio Spurs is a great organization, and they need to get some more love because look at what Coach Pop has done. Yeah. Shout out to 71-year-old Coach Pop. Yep. No doubt. And uh, especially, you know, back to the Raptors because they, they got Kawhi from Pop and the Spurs. And that was how this all uh, this all went down. <laughs> but, you know, I do agree with what you're saying, Daniel, as far as the cachet. And, and a championship does, uh, you know, it's almost like in the mobster movies, you're a made man. It's like once you're a championship, you're once you've won a championship as a franchise, you're a made franchise. You know, you're you're respectable. And the Raptors what my frustration as a Canadian part of why I love the Lakers was they weren't a respectable franchise for a while. They just couldn't get over the hump. No one wanted to go there and we'll see lots of kids grew up with Vince Carter. Kevin Durant even said he wanted to go to Toronto as a kid because of Vince Carter. So there is sort of that element, that pull who wants to be the next Kawhi to lead them to a championship, but it's just going to be interesting where it goes. So with that, uh, a little bit more Raptors talk here because the most disappointing player who I did not mention yet Pascal Siakam. He, uh, I got to agree with what lots of people are saying. He was, he was a great player. He had so much potential and he's averaging 17.6 and the season before last season, he averaged 16.9 and, and he averaged 22 points last season. And, you know, it just looked like he was on his way up, but now he's regressing. He was supposed to be the face of this franchise. He's already had a scandal, walked off the floor, banned for a game, won most improved player, and, and now he's regressing. And so, you know, the Raptors, we've talked a lot about where they go from here, but uh, they need to trade quick or or possibly accept the era ending with Lowry and start over. Uh, they're in talks for James Harden. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that whole mess. But uh, I don't know, man, man, shout out to the Raptors. And, uh, but Pascal Siakam is, is not living up to it. And they're not looking like that top Eastern squad they had with the loud, with uh, DeRozan and Lowry right now. So with that, a little bit of positive news here. The most shocking Eastern Conference team is the New York Knicks for me. Yeah. They are four and three. We're Correction. talking about the Knicks. They're five and three. They just beat the Jazz by 12 points. Julius Randle went off for 30, 16, and seven assists. This is what I'm talking about. They were they were down in that game. They were down by at least 10 points. Oh my goodness. The New York Knicks, they're 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 a team in the playoffs. When have the Knicks been a team worth talking about, thinking about in our lifetimes, except for Mello and Stoudemire? They had some hope then, but that was it, you know? Uh, this is crazy. And Julius Randle, 
You know, shout out to him, really. Always showed flashes of potential on the Lakers, but it just wasn't clicking. He had what I would call an untamed game. Julius Randle looked like a bull in a china shop. He was driving at the rim, and sometimes he'd finish his crazy spinning Pascal Siakam-ish kind of drives. And uh, now he's actually finishing those. He's scoring. He tried to shoot the three. Some games it was on. But, you know, now he's actually doing it. Some games he would get triple doubles with the Lakers, which is uncharacteristic. But you saw all that potential there. And now he's nearly averaging a triple double. Seven assists, 11 rebounds, and what? 22 points, which just went up after this game. So, you know, shout out to Julius Randle. That's impressive. And uh, also, you know, RJ Barrett here, he's up in every category and he's averaging 18.3. And before this season, Randall's career high was in assists. I'm, I'm shocked at the New York Knicks. What do you guys think about them right now? Uh, Skylar, personally, it's so early in the season still. Uh, personally, as a Knicks fan, I'm encouraged by this recent improved play. But at the end of the day, um, they – if you're a Knicks fan listening, you got to know you're on a five-year project. So, I mean, it's a good start, but it's good. It's going to be a long ride. And personally, I, I know um, it's way too early for, for draft speculation, but Knicks fans keep your eyes on a guy named Imani Bates. He he could be one of the next superstars to come into, into this league. So keep an eye on that, but it's going to be a long road for here, but it's a good start. It's a good start. You 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 gotta embrace your wins and for Knicks fans, celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. Come on. Because <laughs> I don't think y'all started this well and I don't know how long. Now, we also gotta factor in Julius Randle is going off. Yes, he is reaching that potential we all saw as Lakers fans. But Tom Thibodeau <laughs> is playing this mother almost Dude. 40 minutes a game with RJ Barrett playing almost 40 minutes Reputation a game. I'm scared. I'm scared for his health because Julius Randle, like you said, is a bull. You know what I'm saying? He, he, yeah. he plays aggressive. He has that quick first step. You saw it in the first game of his freaking year. Freaking broke his leg. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm praying because I love my Laker players that leave the Lakers and, ex- and exceed and, and excel in everything that they do. I love it. So I want Julius Randle to, Randle, <laughs> Randle to be an all-star. I want him to put up these numbers. So – this Knicks team, this is good. We got some good things to say about the Knicks. I like it. First of probably one of few times. Yeah, it's crazy. Facts. That's when, why I'm taking advantage of uh, of saying something positive about the Knicks because it, it's just rare. They're actually doing something good. This is crazy. Yeah. It's I nice mean, to see, especially Stephen, Randall. Stephen A. Smith is probably in a better mood these days right now around his Knicks. Yeah, the Cowboys doing bad. Uh, the Knicks so. doing well. Stephen A. Smith is, is probably doing pretty well right about now. Uh, speaking of that, someone else who is doing well right about now, Jalen Brown. That is my most shocking player in the East, just because we put so much emphasis on Jason Tatum, as do I. Tatum is amazing. What's really shocking to me is that Jalen Brown is outscoring Tatum as he averages 26 0.9 to Tatum's 26.3. He's the eighth leading scorer in the league on 58% shooting right now. 58. That's ridiculous compared to 48 last season. Jalen Brown has scored a career high 42 points this season and increased his scoring average already by seven from last season, which is on pace for the same level of increasing he did the year before as he was averaging 13 points two years ago. He's becoming a bona fide all-star. 
who puts up consistently great performances, the kind that we were talking about that I want to see out of Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. And he's becoming a bona fide all-star turning and he just turned 24. So I didn't expect Jalen Brown to be this absolutely great, consistent all-star. Because for me, that's what makes great players is consistent performances, night in, night out. That's what makes LeBron, Kobe, Jordan great. And it's early, but I'm really impressed that Jalen Brown is able to do it like this and and keep pace with Tatum with the expectations we have for Tatum. Yeah, that's totally fair because he is... A lot of people were thinking, what is he? He's such a mercurial player, right? Yeah. Like you don't know what you're going to get from him at any given night. But now that he's taken that next step, at least offensively and defensively, he's no slouch either. I think that you're going to see, you know, like you said, he just turned 24. He might be in line for a few All-NBAs and more than five, he's calling it now, more than five All-Star appearances. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, legit. Him and Tatum. Tatum for sure. He's like Tatum yeah. is the mold of Mello. Tatum, Tatum is a star. Tatum is an absolute star. He's a joy to watch. He's yeah. a joy to watch. Yeah, Kobe training. I say Jalen Brown is too. In different yeah. ways. Jalen Brown's looking like it, and I only expect it out of Tatum. And when I see he's averaging more, it's early, but it's really impressive. And no, Tatum is someone who I've always expected is going to be superstar in this league for a long time to come. Uh, especially when you got you know. Kobe training him and uh, saying all the good things he said about him. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine Bam on the Celtics with a big three of Tatum, Brown, and Bam. Uh, yeah, yeah. That'd be I a mean, force for years to come. That'd be crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. But speaking of crazy, just a few more quick hitters here before we wrap things up. The NBA is turning seventy-five years old on June sixth. So just a bit, just a bit of backstory. The Basketball Association of America was born on June 6th, 1946. So, shout out to the NBA, 75. That's a that's one hell of an accomplishment. I got to say, um we're for the progress we made, we're still the NBA is still a pretty young league. So, it's uh the way it's grown, so it's it's nuts. So, that's a uh, if that's any hit of the future, like NBA fans should be happy. It's amazing. Yeah. Happy birthday to basketball and uh speaking of basketball, got a shout out Invented by Canadian James Naismith Jr. Just a mm-hmm. little fun fact here, because uh, maybe Thanks that's part of why I like basketball so much. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to him for setting up a peach basket without, like, I guess it was cold one day. Like, I don't know if you guys know the story. It was cold one day, and so they got a soccer ball, and then they just nailed up a peach basket up on, like, a hoop, on, like, a, a wall or something. And then they're like, all right, so how you play this game? You pass the ball. You can't move. You have to pass the ball to someone at a stationary point and then just keep passing it, passing it, passing it until one of you can shoot it into this peach basket. And that's how the first game of basketball was played. I think they played up to like five or 10 or something like that. So interesting. Super interesting. No doubt. No doubt at all. Last thing here, last good thing here before we wrap things up. So a few days ago, it was reported that the NBA is going to give $2 million in grants to support the black community as part of their pledge to give $30 million over the next 10 years to create, to create, excuse me, greater economic empowerment in the black community per ESPN. So quick thoughts on those. Cause I think obviously that's a fantastic move. Shout out to Adam Silver and, you know, the NBPA for getting all that squared away and just helping, helping out communities that need it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I just, you know, um, 
being commissioner, a big part of it is good PR. And Adam Silver is like, he knows his audience. He, he, he knows the pulse of the people that watch his league. So good for him. Arguably the goat commissioner right now. Yep. Fat. Yeah. I just, Roger. Goodell. I was just going to say NBA cares. You know, we see the commercials, uh, them out there helping different communities. And it, it's, it's, it's great to see that they're emphasizing and they're, they're highlighting the black community, but just know that the NBA is not on, they're doing that for all communities. They, they, the NBA is a very diverse league and that's why I love it so much. We see it's, we take, we're 50% Americans, 50% uh, other people from all different countries coming to play basketball here. So to see that, for them to be vocal with it, to be present, it's amazing. That's how we're going to make the change of differences. You see what it did in the in politics this past year with the voting polls and NBA stadiums. The NBA is really a pioneer towards getting involvement and bettering the economic community and as, as especially uh, helping out the communities that are supporting their league. Yeah, and quick shout out to the WNBA too because their push. I don't know if you guys remember, but they uh, they had like yeah. shirts that said like "Vote this specific person to nice. run against uh, Kelly Loeffler and the other uh, Republican in Georgia." And with their push, Democrats actually flipped the state of Georgia blue, and now they have the majority. So, Absolutely. congrats to the uh, yep. WNBA. Of course, we have to shout them out because they are doing fantastic work. So. They're the leaders. They're 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 leaders. They've been doing this for a long time. And uh, just to follow up, I, I couldn't agree more with what all of you are saying. And it's largely, you know, back back to a lot of what we said at the beginning of the show. After you see a double standard like this, um, especially against the black community, it's it's really important that we just support each other and love each other. And to me, that's what the NBA has always been about: bringing people together who are from all over the world and different countries and backgrounds and ethnicities and getting them to form friendships and bonds and, and watching and experiences over a common goal. And, you know, Adam Silver, I, I got to give it, I got to give credit to him and for listening, for listening to the players and credit to the players and credit to the owners, because in the NBA, there is transparency and they listen to each other and they come together no matter their differences. And that's why they're getting more and more done and helping make real change. And it's a beautiful thing to see and a beautiful thing that anyone can learn from. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. And speaking of which, you mentioned support. Don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. And lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. And I just want to be, you know, one of the first people to say, Skylar, it's wonderful to have you on. We're glad to have you as the fourth member of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And here is to a much, 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 much better 2021 with you on board. So glad to have you along, man. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's uh, it's my pleasure. It's my honor. Uh, first time coming on here. It was sort of like, wow, that was a blast. These guys are awesome to basically hang out and talk basketball with. And that was the vibe that was created. And to be part of that and uh, such an awesome group of guys, man. You guys are great people, great friends. I love chatting outside the pod, inside the pod. And so many good times to come. Such a great year. Uh, you guys are great people. Like I said, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it felt like a great hangout to be a part of and so everyone come hang out with us you know that's what this is it is just the best hangout of your life chatting basketball that's what the first time felt for me and i'm so excited to do this uh once a week in this fashion and a lot with you guys y'all are great thank you very much for having me gonna be a great 2021 shooting bricks
Let's do it, man. Let's do it. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. And uh, I'm Johnny Huang. Skylar, it's a pleasure and it's an honor to have you on permanently on the show. Uh, just if I had to say uh, one last thing, fascism. And joining us. Of course, it's your boy, really, 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 really. I don't know what just happened right there. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, I don't know what just happened. But, uh, you know, Brick's coming for us. I don't even know if that makes sense. But welcome to the team, uh, Skylar. Appreciate it, man. Like you said, it's just like if we're out shooting hoops, just talking hoops. That's what it feels like. So we appreciate having you on here. And of course, the newest member to the Shooter Bricks podcast. Hey, thank you all. And also gotta say, shout out to Dr. Dre. 2021, been a little bit crazy, but it's only gonna get better. So uh, prayers up for Dre. And, you know, prayers up to anyone who felt pain today as well. Uh, we stand with you. And, you know, uh, just to reiterate what I said, I stand against racism always, you know, and I'm so happy to be here with y'all and it's going to be an amazing year. So this is Skylar Treple, the newest member of the incredible Shooting Bricks podcast. We will see you all next week. <laughs>